on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening, Monday through Friday. And because I do, my life is blessed. It is no more a mess. And now everything I touch, everything I touch turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to meditate in your word. Your word, O oh God, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We ask you, Father, to shine the light of your word to us tonight, today, by the Holy Spirit. We all agree together for revelation knowledge to flow freely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. We believe for hearts that seek eyes that see, hearts that receive your word, ears that are open and receptive, and we thank you for the result that our lives will be so much better because of it. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God today? Are you ready for the word of God today? Amen. Well, turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. The title of this message today is called, Only What You Do for Christ Will Last. I can assure you the enemy did not want you to be here today to hear this. This is going to be absolutely outstanding. Notice, and I'm going to have to rush through so I can make sure I get it all out, so listen quick, amen? Verse 10 through 15, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. Verse 11 says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, your life work, what you do in this life. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. What I want you to be able to take home today is the reality of the truth that only what you do in this life for Christ will last. Commission had a song many, many years ago that said exactly that. Say it out loud. Only what I do for Christ will last. Backing up to Psalm 90, stanza 12. Last week we talked about this verse or this, this stanza. The psalmist said, Moses said, God, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What does it mean to number your days? The new, uh, the new International Readers Version said, teach us to realize how short our lives are. Then our hearts will become wise. The New Living Translation says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. 
the new, the new life version says, teach us to understand how many days we have, how many days we have left. Then we will have a heart of wisdom to give you. The new Catholic Bible says, teach us to comprehend how few our days are so that our hearts may be filled with wisdom. The new century version says, teach us how short our lives are, or how short our lives really are, so that we may be wise. The international standard says, teach us to keep account of our days so that we may develop inner wisdom. And then the CEV says, teach us to use wisely all the time, you could say, that we have left. Today we're picking up right where we left off. So if you missed it, of course, please go back, catch part two of this series as we get going to number three. How many more days or weeks or months or years do you and I have before we die? It's a very sober, it's a very somber thought, very sobering. None of us know the exact day that we will die. But yet the psalmist encourages, prays this. He says, God, teach us to number our days, to essentially take account of how much time we have left before we die. Recently, uh, someone that's a part of our faith family departed, and it was unexpected. The services this Saturday, Pastor Braun's mom, just 69 years old, went home to heaven unexpectedly. We'll be celebrating her life this Saturday at his church down in Sugarland, Sugarland Church of God. Amen. She was a part of Faith Family for many years. I'm, her, well, her son is now her pastor. I've been her pastor. You know, shared that spiritual responsibility. Just a couple months ago, my, my dad, our, our dad, went to heaven. He was 76 and a half years old. I know this is a sobering thought, but... The essence and idea of this entire series is that you and I were born for a reason. There's a kingdom purpose, an assignment from God that we're supposed to fulfill in our life. CDC, the Center of Disease Control, reports that the average lifespan in the United States is 76.1 years. For men, they say it's 73.2. For women, 79.1. What's interesting is that Moses, in this particular psalm, in Psalm 90, he pointed out that the children of Israel that were with him in the wilderness were dying between 70 and, if for strength, 80 years old. Ah, Can you imagine how long ago that was written? Yet when you look at the average lifespan for today, it would make you wonder, like, wow, what in the world is going on? We looked at Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 3. You can put it up if you would. The Bible said that the days of man were to be 120 years. God set a limit. Men used to live, people used to live like a thousand years. And of course, God told man never were we were supposed to die. Y'all got to talk to me today. When God made Adam, death is not of God. It entered into this world because of Adam's sin. Amen. Amen. But it never was intended for, for people to die. 
But yet after God strove with man, he set the bar, the limit on the human life, not like a hundred or a thousand years like Methuselah lived. You know, not 700 or 800, etc. He set the bar at 120 years. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Your limit on life is not 70 to 80 years. We'll talk about that someday. God didn't promise you 70 to 80 years. Moses is only acknowledging what was happening. By me reading the CDC, I'm only acknowledging what's happening in the world that's around us. I am not saying that you were supposed to die between 70 and 80 years. Okay, so we'll pick up that as a subject on some other time. But notice Deuteronomy 34 and 7. This is fascinating to me. Moses and the people with him were dying at about 70 to 80 years, yet Moses himself lived to be 120 years. Moses, verse 7, was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. So the people around him were dying, and he pointed it out. He's like, man, they're dying at around 70 and 80. At that time, he was way older than that. He's pointing that out. Notice this. What this says to me is that we can walk more, and we can talk about it more later, that if, what this says to me is that if you and I live and walk closely to God, then with long life he will satisfy us and show us his salvation. Amen? In other words, we don't have to die according to the averages. But what I'm asking you to do is not ignore the averages and live down here as if you're never going to die and that you have an endless amount of time to accomplish the will and plan of God for your life. There's work to be done. There's an assignment on your life that needs to be fulfilled. Now, in other words, uh, we don't have to die according to the average, but. What is the real difference if your movie was one hour and 53 minutes and someone else's movie was two hours and five minutes? Okay, I see you all didn't get that. A day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. If you do the math, that means 41.67 years is like an hour God time. Two hours God time is like just about 84 years. Three hours God time means you've passed the mark of 120 years. And it must have been because you honored your mother and father and been living good. Come on, somebody. Amen. So humans don't live past three hours God time. So what if your movie ended in an hour and 53 minutes and somebody else's movie ended at two hours and five minutes? Do you think there's that much of a difference? Y'all still didn't get it. So what if you died less than 80 and somebody else died a little bit past 80? Does it really make that much a difference? Come on, somebody. Now watch this. What matters in life is not how long you live down here. 
What matters in life is finishing your life's kingdom purpose while you're on the planet. Not moving out into the country in a forever home. Baby, that's not your forever home. Not accomplishing degrees and starting businesses and doing a bunch of stuff that will soon be forgotten after you leave this planet. My assignment today is to show you from the Word of God that only what you do for Christ will last. Turn with me to Acts chapter 21, verse 8 through 13. This series is designed to help you find your kingdom purpose so that you can fulfill it. In Acts 21, 8 through 13, on the next day, we who were of Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the sevens, and we stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. So he was an evangelist. He had four daughters. They were being moved by the Holy Ghost. They would speak. Verse 10, and we stayed with him many days, but then... They got a visit from a prophet. So you got an evangelist, some folks that was prophesying. You got a prophet named Agabus. He came down from Judea. Verse 11. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt and bound it in his own hands and feet. And he said, thus says the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this girdle. And deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when he, when we heard these things, both we and those that are in that place pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered and said, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am not, for I am ready not only to be bound like this, but to also die at Jerusalem if need be. For the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, we, this series is based on Acts chapter 20, verse 22, verse 22, 23, and 24. In Acts 20, 24, Paul says, But none of these things move me, neither do I count my life dear unto myself, but that I may finish my course with joy and finish the ministry for which I have received from Jesus. He wasn't concerned that in every city, when he would go over here, they would prophesy. It seems like there's some tough times that are ahead of you, Paul. It's like, okay, I, I appreciate you saying that. Holy Ghost has been telling me that some tough days are in front of me. He went over to another city, and the Holy Ghost would speak prophetically that, yeah, there are going to be some that come up against you, and there will be some that will come and challenge you, and that even you'll be taken into cut. It's like, oh, wow, man. He said in every city, every, come on, y'all got to help me. I got to go fast. In every city that Paul is going, people are testifying that there's tough times that are ahead but in verse 24 of chapter 20 he said none of these things move me what oh help me today what moves me is not dying oh i wish i had a church that would hear the word of the lord what moves me is not what's going my life in this world oh i got my nails oh my son and my daughter no what moves me is finishing my course the reason for which i was born god put me down here for an eternal purpose and I want to be about that business. 
Seemed like the body of Christ has been sleeping for years, getting caught up in the trend, wondering how much am I going to have when I retire? And oh, I want to be able to live comfortably. And oh, I want to be able to do it. And oh, I don't feel like going to church. You have lost your Christian mind. And have got caught up into the waves of this world, the course of this world. You've become conformed to this world. You have forgotten that heaven is for an eternity and hell is also for an eternity. And if some people, even in your family, die, they will spend their life in eternity in hell. There's, there's a gospel that needs to be preached. Say it out loud. Only what I do for Christ will last. I know you want to get your master's degree, but only what you do for Christ will last. So in Acts chapter 21, he's like, this is after chapter 20. He's hanging out with evangelist Philip. Philip got some prophetic daughters, you know, they prophesying and so forth. And then Agabus, who is a prophet above all of that, first apostle, secondarily prophets, you know, he's got a strong anointing. He's a prophet of God. He comes and he says, give me your belt, takes off his belt, wraps himself, and he says, thus says the Holy Ghost. Now, it's one thing for sister so-and-so to prophesy to you, but when a prophet, oh, y'all got to help me. (laughs) It's one thing for somebody to testify and to prophesy, but when a prophet that's known to be a prophet says, thus says the Holy Ghost. The guy who owns this belt, they are going to bind him when he gets to Jerusalem. They're going to bind him, his hands and feet. Bind the man who owns this. Next one, please. Uh, Verse 12. And deliver him into the hands. Then the next verse says, all of us pleaded with him that he not go. Well, the Holy Ghost said when he gets there, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Ghost is telling him the future. Right? So watch this. So then they were encouraged. Oh, Paul, Paul, don't go. You know they'll kill you. They have killed others. They killed Jesus in Jerusalem. Don't go. to Now, what God told Paul when he, when he got born again, God says, I'm going to bring you before kings for the leaders of the people. That means folks in Jerusalem and beyond Jerusalem, I've got to take you into Rome. So Paul wasn't going to die in Jerusalem, but the people were afraid of him dying. And so they said, please don't go. But listen to what he says. He says, look, y'all, why are you breaking my, why are y'all crying like that? Why are you breaking my heart? What is he talking about? He says, because I am ready to die. And that's my whole point of looking at this passage. His disposition was, If I get there and they do kill me, I'm ready to die. He says, I'm ready not only to be bound, but I'm ready to die. Now, is it important for all of us to be ready to die no matter how young we are? The same week in which uh, someone dear to us passed and went on to heaven, a 20-something-year-old connected to faith family, you know, like, Someone, one of our faith family, our family for life folks, their niece passed. Just a young woman. Is it important for all of us to be right now ready to die? Yeah, because if you die without Jesus, then you're in eternity in hell. So watch this. Now, 
you're not really ready to live until you're ready to die. If you're afraid of dying, if you're not ready to die, then you're not ready really to live. What do, what do I mean ready to die? Number one, let me, let me break this down for you. If you're taking notes, take notes. Number one, ready to die. What does that mean? Number one, at a minimum, you're born again. Number two, you have fulfilled your kingdom purpose. You're not ready to die if you have not fulfilled the reason why God put you on the planet. Number three, you're not ready to die until you have lived long and are satisfied. The Bible says in Psalm 91, with long life, he'll satisfy you and show you his salvation. Well, long life goes past the average. He didn't say the average life. He said a long life, he'll satisfy. I I think I'm going to preach a one-time message called live until you're satisfied. Anyway, y'all, there's just so much to do today. You know, there's a comedian that makes makes fun of this, and I, and this really echoes how, how how people are today. You know, his his thing is like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Oh, y'all got to help me in this church. I'm not ready, I'm not ready. In the reality, there's 155,000 people that will depart, that will die today, all over the planet. And I would imagine that for the majority of those 150, they died and they weren't ready. They weren't ready. When a, when a person dies unexpectedly, that, that means that the family wasn't ready. Their, 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 their affairs weren't in order. Their loved ones weren't ready. They weren't ready. It's important for you and I to be ready. So that's what we mean. Psalm 90, stanza 12, teach us to number our days. We don't have that much time left, church. Just add 10 years to your life. Immediately, some people fall in that category. Oh, he got quiet in the church. All right, you're going to hold out? Add 20 years to your life. I'm right, come on, immediately. <laughs> All right. And, and, and again, what's 10 years God time? That's like 15 minutes. Add 30 years to your life. Where are you going to be? And that, and that right. How many of y'all know you only got a certain amount of time on this planet? Our lives are but a vapor. So I'm asking you over these next several weeks and even months, there is a a holy God. God is, oh, I sense this is a prophetic message. God is giving you another opportunity to get your job done. He's bringing to your attention the brevity of life. He's, He's basically saying you don't have a whole bunch of time left to just kind of waste your time. He said, no, teach us to number our days. Give us an account so that we can land this plane where we're supposed to land it and not just fly it until it run out of gas. All right. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, why would we want to number our days is so that we don't waste any of them. Amen? I don't have time to be wasting. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 11, then I looked on all the works of my hands that, uh, that my hands had done and on the labor in which I had toiled. Indeed, all was vanity. 
and grasping for the wind. There was no, there was no prophet under, uh, under the sun. Solomon was one of the most smartest people that was ever on the planet. He had built houses, acquired and accumulated a lot of stuff, started businesses. Amen. He did all of that. And you know what he said after, after, after a long life? He said, that's all vanity. Say it out loud. Only what I do for Christ will last. How much of your life will be forgotten when you pass? I know you got your doctorate degree. I know you started that business. I know y'all built that house. Who's going to live in that house when you go? Who's got, I know you got that car. Oh, you've been working. Come on. You got that car? Who's going to drive that car when you go? Them some nice cars. I mean, you, you skipped church to do some extra overtime so that you can get the things that you wanted in this life. Who's going to be wearing those clothes after you're gone? In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 16 through 21. For there's no more remembrance of the wise than of the fool forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does a wise man die as a fool? Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me. For all is vanity, somebody say vanity, and grasping for the wind. Then I hated all my labor in which I had toiled under the sun, because I must leave it to the man who will come after me. I did all of this and got to leave it behind. They don't take U-Haul trucks to heaven. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool, yet he will rule over all my labor in which I have toiled, in which I have shown myself under the sun. This also is, say it out loud, vanity. Therefore, I turn my heart in despair of all the labor in which I had toiled under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, yet he too must leave his legacy to a man who has not labored for it. This also is, say it with me vanity and a great evil this life here is not forever but it does determine what forever will look like i'll say it again this life here is not forever but it determines what your forever will look like say it out loud only what i do for christ will last Let that be branded upon your heart. And I pray that through this series, you'll live differently than you've lived before. Because the time is short. Jesus is coming soon. (sighs) Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, If then you you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. If you were born again, seek the things which are above. That's what verse 1 says. Where Christ is, seek eternal things, seek heavenly things, not earthly things. Oh, I just really want to take this vacation. Well, that's nice. You can take a vacation, but focus on your assignment. Don't live as if you, this is it. You know, live, you're going to live your, but Jesus did not die for you to live your best life. 
Some of y'all like, really? Y'all like, no. He died so that people can be saved. Not so you can live your best life. You know, you out there. <laughs> Living your best life. Say it out loud. Only what you do for Christ will last. That business, you know, all of your life endeavors will be burnt if there's no eternal value. I'm going to give you the scripture. I know I'm going a little bit long, and, and, and because of all of the disruptions, it's thrown my timing off, and I know this is a little bit rugged, but I pray you hear these scriptures. Verse 2 says, Set your mind, your affection, on things that are above, not on things on the earth. You should be more heavenly minded than you are earthly minded. You should be thinking about your purpose, thinking about why did God cause me to be born? What is the re- I know I wasn't born to make that company rich, to spend all of the energy of my life working on this job. You know, they give me a little bit of something, something. But at the end of the day, I've been spending my life to, to better them so that they could have the vacations and they could do this and that. What is the meaning of my life? It ought to pique your interest. You ought to want to find out, God, what was I, what on earth do you have me here for? What am I supposed to fulfill in my lifetime? And then be busy about that. Oh, oh, oh. Set your mind. The Amplified says, set it and keep it set on things that are above and not on things that are earth. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Look at this. Second Corinthians 5, 9 says, therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to the Lord. Look up at me. How many of you want your life to be well-pleasing to the Lord? That when you die and you stand before God, he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And not just like, well, come on, somebody. You want to live your life being well-pleasing to the Father. He said, we make it our aim. This is what we focus on. Is this pleasing to God? If it's not, then it's a waste of time. It'll be at the end of the day like vanity, which, which Solomon said, verse 10. Verse 10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Who's going to appear? Somebody say all. Every single, not just the preachers or the ministers, those that have a call of God on their life, every single one of us in here and under the sound, in the sound of my voice have a call from God, having an assignment from God. There is some reason why he put you here on the planet and it wasn't to live your blessed life. We all must appear for the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. You know what that verse says? When you stand before God, you're going to have to give an account to how you spent your life. You spent your life doing this. You spent your life doing that, whether it was good or whether it was bad. When you stand before God, you're going to have to give an account of it. There are several other scriptures that go along this line. Do you live your life to please him or do you live your life to please yourself? Most people live their lives to please themselves. Here we are as a church congregation. We have been struggling in many instances, setting up and breaking down. Why? Because we don't have the resources as an organization to open up a church building. 
they open up buildings all around us. Gas stations pop up on every corner like they got money like popcorn. Y'all got to help me. I don't have time for this. You know, like, like, like okay, they're, they're, they're building this and they're building that. And they have no eternal value. But the body of Christ, the church of the Lord, struggling financially, something's wrong with that picture. Say it out loud. Only what I do for Christ will last. When you get that perspective, even your earthly job can have eternal significance. Because for the tithers and those that give significantly into churches and ministries, you are, crea- you are allowing eternal purpose to be moved forward. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you're traveling. Yeah, you're doing things on that job and you're making six figures, but you give significantly into the kingdom. Your your job's eternal significance, you're taking the wealth of the wicked and laying it up for the kingdom of God. Ah, oh, we have to talk about that on another day. It got kind of quiet there. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is where we picked up and it's where we leave off. Y'all getting anything out of this? I got like five minutes before we got to like bust out of here and break down like our hair is on fire. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But the day is coming, somebody. Woo, the day is coming. And you know why it's going to come? Because you're going to get a revelation of how important it is for you to finish your assignment. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 12. Listen to this. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, you got born again. And you start working after you're saved with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. And that day is capital D. That's when you stand before God, judgment day. Your work will become clear because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work. Of what sort is it? If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's life's work, I'm adding life's, if anyone's life's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. You'll go to heaven, but yet as through fire. What I submit to you is you can put the word life. If you build your life on Christ, if your life is centered around things pertaining to the kingdom of God, I'm not saying leave your job and work for the church. Work your job for kingdom purpose, not selfish ambition. Spend your life to fulfill your eternal purpose, right? If any man's work then then of your life's work, there are going to be things of gold, silver, and precious stone. But there are some things in your life's work that are like wood, hay, and stubble. Meaning when the fire hits it, it has no, what, of what sort is it? Is this of eternal value? Listen, when you put gold in the fire, it's going to be refined. Amen? It's not going to be burned up. But when you put wood or hay or stubble in the fire, then it's going to burn up. What is he saying? There are things you can do in this life that have no eternal significance. And when the time comes to stand before God, it's not what you did in this life that's of the earth that matters. It's going to be what did you do for an 
eternity that matters. And if you have done things as it relates to eternity, then you're going to get a reward. You spent your life to please him, and now in eternity, there's going to be rewards. Y'all remember the three little pigs? Got to build a house in a stone. One of them put a house in the sticks. One of them put a house in the straw, and the big bad wolf came and blew. Well, there's coming a judgment day. And your work, what you have built and what you have used your life for is going to be put to the test. And so much of it is going to be burned. None of it is going to be remembered. Amen. But if you, like me, live your life to please him, that if he said go, you'll go. If he said stay, you'll stay. If he says do this, you'll do it. If he says give that, you'll give it. Oh, I need, a, I need, I need some help in this church today. Live your life for Christ. Because only what you do for Christ will last. I'm just going to finish on that note. Did y'all get anything out of that? Amen. Amen. Certainly I'm not done, but amen. Just for the sake of time, I'm very, very passionate about this. This whole entire series is designed to talk to you about finishing the reason why you were born. So you have to discover what that is, and I want to be able to minister to you about it. So we're going to take our time on that. You want to come back next week? Amen. In the name of Jesus. But let's get ready to go. If you would go ahead and stand up on your feet. Per adventure, you're watching online, or maybe you're visiting with us today and you don't know Jesus Christ. Um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Give your life to Jesus. You'll make heaven your eternal home. And that's what's most important. That's why all of us are here. We're believing for you to give your life to Jesus today. And so will you pray with me? If you want to give your heart to be saved, then pray this out loud. Mean it from your heart and God will save you right where you are. Congregation, would you help those that might be praying this for the first time? Say this out loud. God in heaven, I come to you today to give you my life. I do believe that Jesus Christ, he died for my sins. They put him in a grave, but I believe you raised him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. I do repent of all my sins, and I accept your offer of forgiveness. And by faith, I believe I am forgiven. I'm now born again. Heaven is my forever home, and Jesus is my Lord. Amen, amen. Well, congratulations. We welcome you to the family of God. Now you've got to find out for what reason you were put on this planet in this time, in this season. Get into a good church like Faith Family Church. We're one of the best churches in all of Houston, Texas. It will be proven. Praise God. Amen. We're right here and we want to minister to you and your family. We'll look to see you Wednesday night. I'll be ministering online and in person at the, at the uh, weekly community center. We'll be there at 730 on Wednesday night. You want to get a part of, uh, you want to get and get that message as well. And then, of course, come on back next Sunday in the name of Jesus. We will have church on December 25th. It's Christmas Sunday. It's, it's, that's when church is supposed to come to church. They call it Christ Mass. 
That means everybody's supposed to come to church. So don't be sitting at home like, oh, well, it's the holiday. No, bring your entire family. We won't have faith kids. All the kids will be in with us, teenagers, etc. We'll do that on January 20, uh, on December 25th. January 1st is on a Sunday. And so we're going to start the new year right on the right foot in the house of God. Amen. So mark your calendar, 1030, right here at Burks Elementary. We'll get you some more information about January 8th and where we will be located. We'll give you some printed materials so you can invite your loved ones and your friends. Lift one hand before heaven. That's where your help comes from. And I speak this blessing over your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I speak over your finances. Be increased. Be enlarged. Be fruitful and multiply. Be replenished. Be filled to overflowing and abound with abundant prosperity. Money be loose to you. In Jesus' name, God bless you, faith family. I love you. God loves you. And Jesus is Lord. Amen.